with me in your Bibles, please. We will begin now in chapter 35 of Exodus, this final section of the book of Exodus. What do we see in this final section? Well, Moses has received all of the instruction, all of the pattern. He's gathered up all the materials, or will be gathering in, in this chapter here. And now we will begin the construction of that tabernacle in these last few chapters. As we've seen all of the planning and the ramp up to it, now we will see it being built. And then uh, we will repeat some of that in Leviticus. And then by the time we get to chapter 9 of Leviticus, we will see that tabernacle actually put into its use. So Exodus chapter 35, verse 1. Hear now the inerrant, infallible, and inspired word of God. And Moses gathered all the congregation of the children of Israel together and said unto them, These are the words which the Lord hath commanded that ye should do them. Six days shall work be done, but on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day, a Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whosoever doeth work therein shall be put to death. Ye shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations upon the Sabbath day. And Moses spake unto all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take ye from among you an offering unto the Lord, whosoever is of a willing heart. Let him bring it, an offering of the Lord, gold and silver and brass and blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and ram's skins dyed red, and badger's skins, and shittim wood, and oil for the light, and spices for anointing oil, and for sweet incense, and onyx stones, and stones to be set for the ephod, and for the breastplate. And every wise-hearted among you shall come, and make all that the Lord hath commanded, the tabernacle, his tent, and his covering, his tax and his boards, and his bars, his pillars, and his sockets, the ark, and the staves thereof, with the mercy seat, and the veil of the covering, the table, and his staves, and all his vessels, and the showbread, the candlestick also for the light, and his furniture, and his lamps, with the oil for the light, and the incense altar, and his staves, and the anointing oil, and the sweet incense, and the hanging for the door at the entering in of the tabernacle. The altar of burnt offering with his brazen grate, his staves, and all his vessels, the laver and his foot. The hangings of the court, his pillars and their sockets, and the hanging for the door of the court. The pins of the tabernacle, and the pins of the court, and their cords, the cloths of service, to do service in the holy place, the holy garments for Aaron the priest, and the garments of his sons to minister in the priest's office. And all the congregation of the children of Israel departed from the presence of Moses, and they came, every one whose heart stirred him up, and every one whom his spirit made willing. And they brought the Lord's offering to the work of the tabernacle of the congregation and for all his service and for the holy garments. And they came, both men and women, as many as were willing hearted and brought bracelets and earrings and rings and tablets and 
all jewels of gold, and every man that offered, offered an offering of gold unto the Lord. And every man with whom was found blue and purple and scarlet and fine linen and goat's hair and red skins of rams and badger skins brought them. Everyone that did offer an offering of silver and brass brought the Lord's offering. And every man with whom was found shittim wood for any work of the service brought it. And all the women that were wise-hearted did spin with their hands and brought that which they had spun, both of blue and of purple and of scarlet and of fine linen. And all the women whose heart stirred them up in wisdom spun goat's hair. And the rulers brought onyx stones and stones to be set for the ephod and for the breastplate and the spice and the oil for the light and for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. The children of Israel brought a willing offering unto the Lord. Every man and woman whose heart made them willing to bring all manner of work which the Lord had commanded to be made by the hand of Moses. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Hur, of the tribe of Judah. And he hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works, to work in gold and silver and in brass, and in the cutting of stones to set them, and in carving of wood to make any manner of cutting, oh, sorry, cunning work. And he had put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach of the tribe of Dan. Them hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver and of the cunning workman and of the embroiderer in blue and in purple, in scarlet, and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. May God add his blessing to the reading and hearing of his most holy word. So now we are gathering up the materials and putting them into their first form so that they might be brought together. So notice that this is a production of the entire congregation. It is the tabernacle of the Lord for the people. All of the people will have a part in it. So they brought their offerings. You know what? Let's, not, let, let's keep the order of the chapter. Let's begin first the Sabbath day, verses 1 through 3. Verses 1 through 3 speak of the Sabbath. And the reason the Sabbath precedes all of this is because this house that is being built, although there are ministrations for it for every day, the Sabbath day will see a busyness in this house of service that does not obtain on all the other days. Right? The the Sabbath day at the tabernacle of God is a day that is far beyond all of the other days with regard to ordinances and worship and so on. There is an offering of every day. Uh, There is incense every morning. Lights are lit every morning when Aaron or his sons go in to the first chamber. Right? All of that is true. 
But on the Sabbath day, all of those things are done uh, in multiples. They're done in ways that are not otherwise done. There's something that's said here about the Sabbath day that I think is particularly important. Let us look at it for a moment. Uh, Remember that there are errors pertaining to the Sabbath that go around the Reformed Church today. That there are times that we have forgotten what the Sabbath is about, even as Reformed churches. Although it is ensconced in our standards, we will hear exceptions in, say, Presbytery meetings and so on, where people will want to, or candidates for the ministry will take, quote, an exception to the Fourth Commandment. And they'll say that, I think the Lord allows recreations on the Sabbath day. That will be their exception. What is a recreation? Who is recreation for? Well, it's pretty obvious who recreation is for. The Lord needs no recreation. He doesn't get tired. He doesn't get out of order so that he needs to be put back in order. Recreation, right? We call it recreation for a particular purpose. We are recreated or put back into an order of serviceability by our recreations because we're weak. We need recreation. God has designed us like that. But he hasn't designed the Sabbath for recreation. How do we know that? Because recreation is for us. But we are to keep the Sabbath. What does it say? Verse 2. Six days shall work be done. But on the seventh day there shall be to you an holy day. A Sabbath of rest to the Lord. It's not to you. We said earlier that the Sabbath was made for man. And in the sense that we give it up to the Lord. It is in that sense made for man. But to say that recreations are a part of the Sabbath because the Sabbath was made for man is to take that phrase beyond what the scripture would have it to do. In Isaiah chapter 58 verses 13 and 14, we have that on the Sabbath day we are to take our foot off of it. God claims a propriety on his holy day. So we don't treat it like our own, that it's a day that we profit ourselves in the Sabbath. So this Sabbath of rest is to be done to the Lord. The day belongs to him. We testify to that by keeping the Sabbath unto him and not for ourselves. It is indeed a a mercy, a kindness of the Lord. And we know this from the Bible. The Bible teaches us that the Sabbath day is not required to be a fast day. There may be some Sabbaths because of the difficulties in a society that will be called as a fast day it's not impossible but the lord has not ordinarily ordained the sabbath to be a fast day that's his kindness to us that we may have a kind of restful and joyful festiveness regarding the sabbath day that it should not be a drudgery to us right But it is in all of those things to be kept to the Lord, not to us. And so I I believe, it is my understanding, that that a right understanding of the the implication and application of Exodus 35-2, coupled with Isaiah 58-13 and 14, that the Lord has ruled our own recreations out of court with regard to the Sabbath day. Again, uh, you know, how we pursue that, how we handle that. Uh, our church has, has 
taken a, a, a more family-style approach in that. We have given some families leave to train their children in the best way that they see fit. Some families would allow their children recreations or maybe special recreations on the Sabbath day. Pastor Rodell's getting ready to step on some toes here. So I want you to understand that, re- remember that, that if we are doing that to help our children learn to keep the Sabbath, that there will be some time of undoing as well as doing. We're not your children's parents. Our session is not your children. Your session are not your parents. We understand that. Obey your parents in everything. We want to support them and help them. We also want to remember that, that we want in wisdom to handle the Sabbath day as families. It is a difficulty. Yes, we all know families that we love. Uh, families perhaps of our extended family or friends and neighbors and those children are not keeping the Sabbath day. And our children find that difficult. They find it that it might be, uh, they might feel like they're being deprived. Don't emphasize the negative. Emphasize the positive. Speak to your children about the great blessings and privileges of the Sabbath. And what other children are truly missing out on by not keeping a Sabbath. Or by playing for a large part of that day. Or a substantial part of that day. So while your session does not want to become the parents of our children, we do want proper instruction to go forth to all of our families from the pulpit so that you can make those proper decisions based on the standard that we have confessed. Okay, so with that then, we move on to verse 4. Oh, verse 3, you shall kindle no fire throughout your habitations on the Sabbath day. A very interesting uh, prohibition here. Kindle no fire. Why is that? Uh, so, you know, the, um, the rabbins, the rabbis have taken this to mean uh, this is a part of not doing any work. That kindling a fire would be, would be a violation of work. And so they, they wouldn't kindle fire. And, and, and the way that comes into the present day is they don't turn on light switches. In their homes, the night before, they turn on all the lights. So they don't have to do that on the Sabbath because that would be like kindling fire on the Sabbath day. Uh, is that what we should think? Should, um, should, should the Lord, uh, uh, did the Lord prohibit the people of Israel from kindling fire for food on the Sabbath day? It's not my view. I believe that this is a prohibition against any temptation to idolatry. Kindle fire for burning incense or any other such things or offering offerings. Remember that the fire of God came down or will come down and light that brazen altar, the fire there, and that fire is never to go out. That's the fire that they used for every religious activity. In the incense altar, in the offerings, and so on. So I was speaking to a rabbi once in Southern California. I was asking him if he would teach me Hebrew. It's interesting. He said, well, I'm not in the habit of giving arms to my enemies. I thought that was a very astute comment on his part but I asked him about this passage I said do you think that not kindling fire on the Sabbath was a prohibit a prohibition of idolatry he said you know I've never thought of that that's very interesting that's what I think anyway now we move on to four through the end of the chapter and we have all of the stuff that comes in in verses four through 19 very interestingly once again we will see God's perspective on the stuff we start in the description, first of all, the place where the ark will go, the tent itself. 
Then, as soon as the tent is constructed in this narrative here, what do we have? We have the Ark of the Covenant, the mercy seat, the veil, the table of showbread, the incense altar. Then we come outside. Oh, sorry, the light. Then we come outside to the brazen altar. Sorry for you. The brazen altar. And then the labor in between the altar and the tabernacle. Right? And then the court. Because worship is not outside in, it's inside out for God. Worship is to be considered from God's perspective. This is what God is telling us here. And this is indeed this regulative principle of worship that we talk about so often here. That, it's, that worship is to be thought of by God's people from God's perspective, not our own. Alright, so now in verse 20, we have the bringing of all of these things. There were raw materials brought. There were uh, handled materials brought. Right? Some of the things that they brought were not raw materials. Rather, they were more like uh, finished materials, jewelry. Some of the raw materials were stones. Some of the finished materials were the, you know, what the ladies did was they got together with their spinning wheels and they put all the thread together ahead of time. They didn't do the embroidery. They didn't do the weaving, but they put all the thread together ahead of time and brought that. And then Bezalel and Aholiab, the ones who were endued with the Spirit of the Lord and the ones they had direct supervision over to teach them, they're the ones that built all of the things. And from top to bottom, I hope you notice that these artisans were unlike many artisans that we know. They weren't simply of wood. You know, I'm a Finnish carpenter. I build furniture. Uh, or, uh, or metals. You know, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a tinker, is how we used to say that, right? Or a, or a founder, right? Or uh, I'm a, a textile guy. I'm a, I'm a weaver, right? We have those last names left in our, in our language, don't we? We have the last name Weaver, the last name Cooper. You know what Cooper is, one who works in copper. We have the word Smith, one who smites. He strikes the anvil, right? He's, he's flattening out the metal. All of those names come out of those different occupations. But notice Bezalel and Aholiab, they know it all. They can do everything that is necessary, these couple of men and then the ones under them that they will show and direct and train and supervise to do all of those things that God revealed to Moses in the mount so that everything will be built according to the pattern revealed in the mount. Um, they're, they're, they're expert jewelers. They know how to do the engraving of a signet Right? They know how to put calligraphy, to put it in our language, in a, in a stone. They know how to do that and how to shape those stones and to make them perfectly proportioned for what they're designed to do. They know how to set them and fasten them. They know how to put it all together and they know what colors to use where. I'm not a color guy. My, cult, my, my, my conception of colors... You know, my wife, she'll say, you, you're going to go out like that? You're going to wear that? What's wrong with it? We can't wear that color with that color. Why not? I, I didn't, it doesn't compute with me. With Bezalel and Aholiab, they, know where to use, they knew where to use blue, where to use threading of gold, 
where to use threading of silver, where to use threading of, of red, scarlet, crimson. They knew what color to make everything. They knew exactly what God wanted for glory and for beauty, as we hear with regard to the ironic garments. They knew it all. God endues his people with what they need to worship him because he doesn't want them making up stuff to worship him by. And so he gave it to them all. He gave it in, in its completeness from top to bottom. He filled them with the spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship. I think I have here in my notes the other passages, or maybe I was doing something else. I guess I was doing something else. But David will say this same thing. He will say, all these things, the light, the building of the temple, the pattern that I gave to Solomon, all these things I received from the Lord by His Spirit, His hand pressing them heavily upon me. Right? We don't make changes to the worship without some uh, divine prophetic influence. We don't do that because there's only one client. One client. God himself. All right, with that then we'll close and stand and continue praising.